Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. We know they work, they, we know they slow cars down, we know people have to pay attention, and we want that to happen. So we're going to continue this protection all year round. So for all the emphasis that's placed on speeding, which is all, which is relentless, it, it's it's accounting for a quarter of those. What about the other seventy five percent? Right. Yeah. Right. So so to be fair, let's talk about that as well. Soon, regardless of the time of day or day of the week, New York City speed cameras will be ticketing drivers throughout the five boroughs, with recently signed legislation now allowing the cameras to operate twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred sixty five days a year. Welcome to the Staten Island Advances from the Scene, a podcast bringing you an inside look at the biggest stories on Staten Island with the reporters who cover them. I'm your host, Eric Bascom, and this week I'm joined by Staten Island Advance senior opinions writer Tom Robleski to discuss the controversial expansion of New York City's school zone speed camera program. Thanks for joining me today, Tom. You know, before we jump in, I know you're one of the many New York Mets fans we have on staff here at the Advance. Uh, the team's been doing pretty great so far this year, even with uh, star pitchers Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer missing the bulk of the season. How are you feeling about their chances as we head into the uh, the dog days of the summer? Well, my rule has always been don't look too hard at the standings before July 4th. And now we're almost at 50 wins. I kind of like it a lot. I like Buck Showalter a lot. I think that's the difference. And that lineup, I think, is really great. I'd love to have Max and or Jake back before. And if they listen, they need to rest until August. I think let them rest. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you made a great point there with Buck. It's been such a pleasure watching him and the way that he handles this team, the way the guys have reacted to him, the bullpen management, the lineup configuration, all that kind of stuff. It seems like uh, the managerial spot has been kind of a, a weak point for us in recent years. So it's definitely a nice change of pace having him out there. Well, well when was the last time you saw a manager when, when Two challenges on the same play. Yeah. And I think, and again, just no, no, we want to belabor the point. The Mets have always seemed to have had a divide between the Latin players mm-hmm. a lot and, and, and the non-Latin players. And I think the other night when you saw Lindor and, um, you know, Guillaume trying to take his jacket off right. and Marte. Yeah. And you see Lindor calling him Papa Buck. And I think that shows <laughs> such... and. I loved him when he was a Yankee manager. My wife's a Yankee fan, and we we listened to all those games in the nineties. Though he got jobbed when he lost uh, when he lost a job after ninety five, so I'm happy for him as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But let's shift gears to the reason that we have you on today, which is to discuss the expansion of the city speed camera program. So first, for our listeners who may not be aware of how this all works, the speed cameras issue $50 tickets to drivers exceeding the speed limit by more than 10 miles per hour, so 11 miles per hour or more, and you're getting a ticket. All the cameras have to be placed within a quarter mile radial distance from a school building. And previously, they were only allowed to operate from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. on weekdays. But now, with this new legislation that was signed by Governor Kathy Hochul, it will allow them to operate around the clock. We know they work. They, we know they slow cars down. We know people have to pay attention. And we want that to happen. So we're going to continue this protection all year round. 
though the Department of Transportation has said it'll take a few months before that happens. They still need have some work on their end that they need to do before they'll be operating 24-7. But I just wanted to hear kind of what some of your initial thoughts were on this new legislation that was approved by the state legislature and, and signed by Governor Hochul. Were, were you surprised at all or did this feel somewhat inevitable? I think it felt somewhat inevitable. I think, I don't know, I think I'm, I'm kind of converting you to my uh, viewpoint on this. The more we talk about it, uh, Eric, because I know this is, I think it's the second time we've had the conversation. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any such thing with these kind of things as a test pilot, you know, program or a temporary program. I think these things just, you know, exponentially continue to grow. I think it was ludicrous enough in a way that you had the cameras going until 10 o'clock at night, six o'clock in the morning, very few people. Are in a, I mean, unless you have a school performance or something like that, and I understand that. And again, the main thing we always have to remember, and this is New York uh, City Police Department's own statistics, speeding is not the main cause of collisions in New York City. It's not even in the top three a lot of times. It's not in the top five. It's distracted driving. It's failure to yield, which we've seen a lot recently on Staten Island. And also it's failure to follow, you know, following too closely. So I think when they figure out a camera that can catch you distracted driving, I think then maybe. So, so I, I think that the, the overemphasis on speeding, I think, is actually a detriment. And we're seeing the numbers going the other way now. The safety numbers have not been as good. We had the deadliest year. I think it was last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. We've been seven or eight years into, um, into Vision Zero. And again, just blaming the drivers more is not really the answer, I don't think. And, you know, since the program began as this small pilot in 2014, Staten Islanders have been some of the most vocal critics across the city that we've seen. So why do you think it is that Staten Islanders in particular are so opposed to these cameras? Well, I think it's clear and you know you're here. Everybody, you know, uh, who lives on Staten Island knows we are inordinately dependent on our cars. We don't have. And and again, this is like broken record time, right, for people because I've written it. You've written it. We've all written it. We don't have a subway. We have one train line serving half a million people. When before, you know, the Verrazano Narrows Bridge opened, we had three train lines serving, you know, half that many maybe. We don't have a lot of cross island buses. So for us, we have to, to get from Huguenot to get to across the island, wherever else we have to go, we have to use our cars. Now, doesn't mean you should speed. And, I, and I'm seeing more sort of driver impatience as well. I don't know if you're seeing this. I'm, I'm going down Castleton Avenue uh, the other morning on a Saturday going shopping at 10 o'clock in the morning. A guy passes me, goes into the other lane, yep. passes me on the left, and then cuts me off. And I'm saying like, how fast am I expected to go <laughs> on Castleton Avenue when I'm going grocery shopping? Or more people riding in the breakdown lanes uh, on the highways. Yeah. I'm, seeing, I'm seeing more of that. So I'm seeing a lot more of the impatience. So I think we're, we're more dependent on the cars. And I think more of these things that are sort of impinging, I, I think it's just sort of creating kind of a witch's brew of, of, of really, really impatience. And again, I don't think it's attacking the main problem of, 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 of collisions and, and injuries. It's something that I've seen and that I hear all the time, actually. But, you know, my friends and family know I'm the transportation reporter here at The Advance, which is why we're having you on to talk about this, because I can't really talk to myself back and forth. But when I'm out and about, the the main thing I get asked about work-wise is what's up with the speed cameras? Where's the wh- Where are they putting in a new one? Where, you know, when are they going to be running 24-7? These are the kinds of questions that I'm hearing from people. No one's asking me about what's the next bus lane that they're putting in or where are we getting a new bike lane? Everything is all speed cameras all the time from, from the people that I hear from. Well, well, and here's another thing: if they want to get, they want to get you out of your car, right? This is mm-hmm. this is the thing: you should get out of your car. You should use mass transit, become a pedestrian. Now, for example, and you've been writing about this more lately. If I want to take the train on the weekend, if I want to go from St. George or Stapleton, 
there's all this track work that's been going on for mm -hmm. two years, yeah, three years, where you have to take a 40-minute bus ride between five or six stations. So if I wanted, so if I want to say, okay, you know, I'm going to go down to Eltingville, I'm going to visit my dad, I'm going to go from Staples, I'll park at the Staples and trains. I don't mind taking the train. I took the train a lot, but now I, that option is not allowed to me. We see all these changes with the ferry schedule that mm -hmm. happens all the time. Oh, by the every way, every day it seems. I mean, what's going on? Yeah. So, so even if you want to get me out of my car and say like, you know, Tom, really uh, try walking somewhere or try taking the train or try taking a bus. It's like, or try taking the ferry. I'm like, you know, even that you got to like, look at the schedule and say, well, I can't do that on a Saturday. I can't do that on a Sunday. When you want to go out and hey, listen, I want to go out to a bar. I want to have a, a meal. I don't want to drive. I don't want to, I don't want to have the hassle of parking. I don't want to deal with the, the hammerheads who will go and, you know, on Howard Avenue who are passing me because they want to get around the speed bumps. Yeah. And you, so that's, so that, that kind of Avenue gets closed off to you as well. So then what do you do? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, like you said, the it really does seem like a push from the city in many senses to get Staten Islanders out of their car, but they're not really doing much to incentivize us to do so. I mean, we're still the only borough without a bike share. You know, they want to build all of these new bike lanes, but we, we don't even have a bike share program that the rest of the city has. Like you said, there's been service disruptions uh, pretty frequently on the Staten Island Railway, on the Staten Island Ferry. Uh, we're seeing bus trips uh, completed at a lower rate than some of the other boroughs due to staffing shortages there or whatever it may be. So uh, it, it definitely is difficult right now. There's kind of an incongruence in the in the city's planning. It feels in that they're they're putting these things in place to try and get us out of their our cars, but they're not necessarily implementing things that are helping us in terms of alternate forms of transportation, which is which is definitely frustrating. But Moving on, one criticism that you know I hear a lot about these cameras, whether it's out and about talking to people or in our comment sections or whatever it may be, is that it's all about generating revenue for the city, that they're not actually concerned about public safety. And many people just say, oh, it's another tax on drivers. You know, to me, the thing with that is that paying taxes is something that you're required to do. You're not necessarily required to pay these speeding tickets. You could just not speed. So what are your thoughts on, on some critics kind of framing these cameras as a, as a tax on Staten Islanders or a tax on drivers? It's, it's perfectly within your control. Nobody's forcing you mm -hmm. to break the law. No one's forcing you to speed. And I, I, my opinion is if you anywhere you go, just assume there's a speed camera somewhere and just and drive accordingly. By the same token, what else did they do when they put the speed cameras in? They lowered the city speed limit. Yeah. So they lowered it down to 30. So that kind of increases your opportunities to become a criminal and to criminalize driving. And they say, well, this is, and again, they say it's for public safety. The numbers are not bearing that out. And the cause of accidents is not bearing that out. Now, it's, it's easy to flag somebody speeding. It's easy to flag somebody going through a red light. Those are obvious, clear things that can be mm -hmm. measured or photographed or whatever. Distracted driving, the failure to yield. You can't have a camera at every, well, you could have a camera. I don't want to give them any <laughs> You know, I, and, I, and again, I, I hesitate to complain about anything because I know DOT reads what you write. I know DOT <laughs> reads what I write. And I wouldn't even want to tell them anything. Like, oh, there's a problem. Hopefully they don't listen to the podcast. And, 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 well, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure some poor schmuck is assigned like, you know, they're talking about speed cameras again. Just go there and make sure they don't say anything bad right. about the commissioner or about anybody. And, <laughs> and, and, and we still do get good cooperation from our friends at the, our friends at DOT. So it's, it's, it, it's, it's not the press people. It's not, although the commissioner now, Yudanis Rodriguez, is more of, you know, one of those, let's get cars off the street mm -hmm. or charging people to park on residential streets, which I think is something that has happened in other cities. I think that could happen here. Yeah. I think also the um, miles traveled 
kind of stuff you could see, which they've tried in Oregon and other places where your own car becomes a taxi cab. You know, and, and and again, this is like I always I kind of laugh because like you know the electric car people they think they're doing, you know, great because they're not you know polluting the environment. But I'm like, but also your gas taxes are now not being paid, so they're being removed. They're going to come get you for money anyway. They're going to be like, yeah. no, we're going to we're going to put that, you know, the vehicle miles traveled thing in your car because you're still using the roads. Yeah, and you're yeah. still doing the wear still and tear on the bridge. The, uh, still got to fund that. So yeah. if you're not going to pay the 18 cents a gallon tax, we're still going to get you some way. And, and again, we've still got congestion pricing yet to come, which whenever they figure out the environmental, you know, back and forth on that, mm-hmm. which we had under Trump, and now we also. Still have having under, the same issues. Under, but yeah, you yeah. figure Pete Buttigieg would be like, no, whatever it is. Yeah, just let it go. Let, let, let's go do it. But it's like, you know, when you got federal roads involved, because a lot of these areas that they want to touch, yeah. they sort of technically, you didn't know that that was a federal road. you got the road. interstate highways mixed in there in that. different places. Yeah, so you it definitely that. makes you, it you, difficult. You, you just can't put, you, you can't do that. We, we do that. You don't do that. We'll be right back. The Mayor of Maple Avenue is a powerful multi-part podcast about Sean Sinisey a victim of former Penn State football coach Jerry Sandusky, who was arrested 10 years ago for numerous child sexual abuse charges. The podcast series is written and hosted by Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter Sarah Gannam, who takes listeners into the world of addiction rehabilitation, where society can be quick to celebrate the consequences for abusers while not addressing the needs of their victims. Subscribe now to The Mayor of Maple Avenue wherever you get your podcasts. And so, you know, we've we've spent a lot of time so far discussing the criticism of the speed camera. So let me at least take a few minutes to outline the case for those who support them. So first of all, data from the city does show that they are effective at deterring speeding and, and reducing injuries at the locations which they're installed. They do an annual report each year on their automated enforcement programs. Uh, the most recent one showed that speeding dropped at these locations by 72% and that injuries fell by about 14%. Other things that they point to is the fact that more than half of the vehicles that have been caught have only received one or two speeding tickets, which to them kind of indicates that those people have gotten the message and that they've slowed down after they've received one or two. Other things, data from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration showed that speeding played a role in 27% of all roadway fatalities in 2021, which is a a big number. It was about 11,000 deaths across the country in which speeding was involved out of about 41, 42 thousand and then there's also you know tons of previous research that shows a correlation between higher speeds and more severe crashes involving injuries and death each you know additional five miles per hour increases rate of injury by x amount whatever it may be so i I guess to sum it all up speeding is dangerous but it's also preventable it contributes to thousands of deaths each year the cameras seem to do at least a pretty good job of slowing people down where they're installed and like i said earlier for people who are upset about the the 50 dollar fine they can just not speed if the, if that's the case. So, is any of that convincing to you? Or well, well I, I, I said I'm not an advocate for driving unsafely, <laughs> right? And I'm not an ad, despite the, the the blowback I get from from you know DOT or our friends in transportation alternatives. You know, mm-hmm. I know who also pay attention to what you and I both do. Mm-hmm. What I would say is, it's it's a matter of balance. Now, your own stat just there, basically twenty a quarter of the fatalities the highways. Mm-hmm. So for all the Emphasis that's placed on speeding, which is on, which is relentless. It, it's it's a, accounting for a quarter of those. What about the other seventy five percent? Right. Yeah. Right. So so to be fair, let's talk about that as well. 
Also, when we talk about, and this is an argument that they make with putting bike lanes in, because bike lanes are not just for you cyclists out there. They're also traffic calming, you know, they're, they're meant to slow cars down by removing room for them to maneuver. And they say, well, there's been all these accidents in this area, Highland Boulevard, they talk about all the time. What I rarely see is, let's take each and every accident where there was an injury set, because you can't do every accident, because every fender bender. Let's see what the real causes of the accidents are they're not all speeding. And then say, okay, now here's, here we have, a, we have a bouquet of reasons. What can we do in terms of street redesign? Mm -hmm. uh, what can we do um, in terms of uh, lighting, you know, greater lighting at certain intersections, places down on Highland Boulevard, for example, as opposed to saying, well, you know, speed kills, and it's all about speeding drivers. I just don't think that that's the full picture. And again, the NYPD stats and folks, you can look them up for yourselves. I mean, they're, they're, as for as long as they're available until they make them unavailable so you don't know these things anymore, <laughs> which I'm always suspicious of. You can see with the in every borough, every year, every month, you can just look at it. You can have a pie chart. You can do anything uh, that you want with it. And you can see what the real causes of, 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 of collisions are in New York City, and it's never speeding. I guess actually to to backtrack real quick, because um, we have not covered this yet, the speed camera program, the way that it currently works, um, it needs to be reapproved and extended by the state legislature every few years. We saw that happen in 2019. There was some concern that it may not get extended in time. They did ultimately get to that, and they also expanded it at that point. So from at, uh, in 2019, they went from 140 zones that were able to operate cameras to now 750 zones with about 2,000 cameras throughout those 750 zones. And now this time around, when they uh, again had to extend the program, which was set to expire on July 1st, they added in this new provision of the around the clock uh, automation. Right. And so uh, another version of this new bill that that, again, did not get passed is not in effect. But had it been passed, uh, would have made it so that you're getting a $50 fine for your first ticket. But then it's $100 for the second, $150 for the third, up to 300 for the sixth and all subsequent tickets from there. I'm just kind of curious. Obviously, this would have generated more money for the city, right? Which is something that people have been critical of. But don't you think it also may have at least given drivers even more incentive to slow down because they don't want to keep paying more and they don't want to potentially have their vehicle suspended? It, it kind of puzzles me why they weren't able to get that done. It's the same yeah. thing about Division Zero prosecutions. Generally, they're, you know, they're kind of toothless in a lot of ways. People don't even often get rung up on Division Zero charges when, when there's an mm -hmm. accident. So I'm always kind of curious as to why. And again, again, I'm not an advocate for driving unsafely. I'm not an advocate for you know blowing down the block at 50 miles an hour. I see it in my own neighborhood all the time. I think that's something you could you could, you know, in, you know, disincentivize people. Then again, people let these things pile up anyway. They mark their, they deface their license plates. They hope to get around, yeah. you know, the system somehow. What I, what I shuddered to think was, and again, I don't have 100% faith in any legislature, but in the New York State Legislature, that DOT wanted sole control of the program. And to me, at least in the state legislature, you've got some dissenting voices, whether right. it be conservative Democrats or, or Republicans who have enough of a voice in the state Senate to say, hey, let's wait a minute, as opposed to the city council, which is so 
far over and generally mm -hmm. tends to, you know, they're from the other boroughs where it's like, oh yeah, like I said, if I lived in Brooklyn, I'd be like, yeah, sure, what do I care about what happens? Yeah, I'm taking time? the subway every yeah, day. What do I care? <laughs> I, I, I got a million cabs, I can walk a lot of places that I have to go because there's a supermarket in the area and there's a movie theater in the area or what, and there are, you know, transit deserts in Brooklyn and in other places as well. But what, it's like, what do I care if people can't, you can't speed if you're driving down, you know, Broadway or Ninth Avenue, I mean, yeah. unless it's two o'clock in the morning. So, you know, I understand that. So I was very happy to see that the DOT itself wasn't in total control of the program either. Yeah, and that was actually going to be my next point that I wanted to discuss with you is that, you know, while the state legislator was still uh, hashing out some of these details of the expansion, Mayor Eric Adams and Commissioner Udonis Rodriguez were strongly advocating for the city to be granted what they refer to as home rule over NYC streets, right? And so currently things like the speed camera program, the red light camera program, and minimum speed limits across the city, those things can only be adjusted by the state legislature. But Adams had been petitioning for the state to hand control of those things over to the city. Uh, the state was ultimately unwilling to do so. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm getting from your initial thoughts, you don't really trust the city government to make those types of decisions, right? Well, I, I don't think I would, I don't think I or Staten Islanders would agree with the, with the direction mm -hmm. that they would take. I mean, I think that they would, listen, the, the, when they, you know, changed basically the definition of what a school zone is by, instead of doing it within a quarter mile of the schoolhouse door, mm -hmm. now it's basically drop a pin. And, and then more circle radial around. distance, and, and, right? And, and I've seen this in my own neighborhood. I live near where um, Trinity Lutheran Church is on Zebra Avenue, and that's a charter school. So you got Hannah Street. You've got a, uh, a camera which is not near anything. Then you go on to Zebra Avenue. You've got another one right near where PS sixty five is. Mm -hmm. Then you've got another one, all within. Is that a quarter mile from Hannah Street down to uh, where where Zebra? I'm, I'm sorry, Zebra and um, St. Paul's Avenue. Is that, you need three speed cameras yeah. on there? You need three speed cameras on there on August 10th at, you know, 11.30 at night on a Saturday? Do you need it? I mean, I, 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 I kind of tend to think that you don't. And again, I don't know if we're going to talk about this as well, but what the basically this, the message that's gone out from the city is if you're a motorist, you're probably at fault for whatever goes on. If, if you're on two wheels, you're okay. Right. <laughs> Five years ago, that was just cyclists. And I have no argument with my cyclist friends here on Staten Island. We talk all the time. Um, you know, you know, they know who I am, I know who they are. Now you've got these motorized scooters, yeah. you've got these ATVs, some of these things you can't hear them coming. And I'm telling you, Eric, every day or every other day I see somebody going through an intersection, making their own right on red, blowing through a light, blowing through a stop sign, you know, kind of pausing like like you would and then and then blowing through. Now if I come the other way and I whack that guy, I'm going to get blamed. Right. Meanwhile, they're the ones who are breaking the law because they think it's like a bicycle and it's not. They're on the sidewalk. They're in, they're in the ferry terminal. I've heard from people. They just like, and I've, I've been around them. You can't hear them coming. Yeah. They're in the park, you know, so that, that's something I, I think is going to cause, is going to cause damage in the future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to touch a little bit on just the, the amount of tickets that are issued across the city here on Staten Island and, and how much revenue that does end up generating for the city and how that will obviously increase once this 24-7 thing is implemented. So I do an article every few months where I kind of look at the, the city's open data and see how many of these uh, tickets were issued in, in different places, whether it's a Staten Island specific one or across New York City. But just to give some context, so the most recent one that we did was from January 1st to April 26th. 
And across the city, there was over 1,227,000 speed camera violations issued. So at the $50 uh, per violation, that is over $61 million. And then it's important to note, as we've said, that right now the speed cameras can only operate on the weekdays from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. So we went a step further. There were a total of 82 weekdays during that span, which means nearly 15,000 that was, I almost said 100, but 15,000 violations each day that the cameras were permitted to operate. Now you've got two extra days that they're going to be able to operate, right? And then right now they're only allowed to ticket for 16 hours out of the weekdays, which means that when the cameras were on, if you do the just weekdays and just those 16 hours, that's 936 violations per hour or roughly 16 per minute across the city. So for every minute that these cameras were on from January 1st to, to April 26th, there were 16 violations being issued. Now, I'm going to be interested to see, and this is something I'm going to be looking into because the city's data does also actually give you a timestamp for when they were issued. I'm curious to see how many of these we're going to get overnight. What percentage of, you know, once this 24-7 is in place, what percentage of all speed camera violations are going to come at times where they previously weren't able to operate. It's just something interesting to know because, you know, as I said, there's already so much money being generated from this program, so many tickets being issued that I'm curious to see how that kind of changes as we move forward. Well, I think you're going to see a lot. I think because, again, I think you, you've probably seen this. It's kind of like you go through a little bit of traffic and then the minute you have some clear road ahead of you, what do you do? You speed up, yep. you're trying to make up that time. So let's say, you know, you're coming out of somewhere and you go into the diner, you go into the bar or whatever, and, you know, you shouldn't be drinking and driving either, but, and you're on Highland Boulevard and it's three o'clock in the morning and you're going from Newdorp and you live in Tottenville, you know, what do you think you're going to do once you get, especially when you get south of Richmond Avenue, you're mm. going to, you're going to hit it. Yeah. And again, they lower the speed limit there. So I, listen, there's always going to be people who are going to speed no matter what. You've got friends, family members, you get in the car with them, you kind of clench up. You're like, you know, I know. You grab the little thing my, on yeah, the side. Yeah, you know, my brother drives fast, my sister drives fast, whatever, they're not paying attention. Then you've got people who are, you know, good-hearted, but, you know, that lower speed limit, I mean, 30 miles an hour, and then you're going up a hill. I, I always talk about the one that's near Silver Lake Park. You're coming up uh, Forest, heading towards Victory. Right. And after you pass through all the stores. And then there's the one where you kind of go up a hill and they pop on the wind. Yeah, and they got one right at the top. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, can you get up that hill at 25 miles an hour? <laughs> yeah. But if you're at 32 miles an hour, is it really a lot? I understand, you know, you don't want to be at 50 miles an hour. Of I course. Get that. So that's so then I think you're, you're, you're nailing a lot of people who are probably of goodwill, but they're just like, who does it hurt? And again, it's not our decision anymore. Now it's like, well, you're going to do it and you're going to get and, and what um, I think what Chicago did, and here's the way it can get worse. And people say, oh, how could it get worse? It can get worse. <laughs> because I think Chicago, they originally did it. It was 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. Then they recalibrated it to six. Yeah. And they like, I don't know, doubled, quadrupled. Of course, how many, yeah. How many speeding tickets they could don't. So anything you think that they're doing now, don't think that it's, and again, we, we started the conversation this way. Don't think that it's the end. They'll come up with another way to say like, well, you know, now we're going to make it so it's only five miles an hour of speed because you know it's five. Well, you've still got the five mile an hour cushion. It's like you've still got your fifteen minutes to get to work, and you're not going to get docked. You still got five minutes. You still got five miles an hour. Yeah. So, and I think that's I think that could very easily come next, and it's and it's very just a matter of calibration. Yeah, and and that would be uh, brutal for many Staten Islanders. Like you said, the, the speed limits are so, so much lower in certain places than they had been in the past. Now, in, in the school zones, it's like a maximum of twenty five. So, right. if you're going 
31 miles an hour in the middle of the night uh you're gonna get a ticket for that you know again this is all theoretical this is all you know there's there's no way to tell in which direction this way is is uh heading right now but it, it is definitely something to to think about and, and be wary of moving forward but I'm curious, we, we've talked a lot about the, the speed cameras to this point, right? But um, what are some of your thoughts on the other forms of automated enforcement that the city uses, these red light cameras, the bus lane cameras that they have now? And and why do these cameras never seem to face the same level of scrutiny as the speed cameras? Well, it was my impression too that the red light cameras are, are more severely restricted. There aren't as many, you know, getting yes. you at every, and, 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 and it's kind of speeding through the yellow light kind of is not, as there's not as any opportunities mm-hmm. to, to bang you because you unless you put a light at every well they seem to be doing that anyway at every half intersection or whatever they're putting a they're putting a, another light or something so I just don't think there's as many opportunities the bus lane cameras I can never figure out because I see people going in and out of those lanes I know I all the, the time thing. and then there's not really that many uh, tickets for it uh, not, obviously not at the same level as what we're seeing from some of these no, other things because because this, this, the speeding is something can happen any part of the road anytime now any time of the day or night mm-hmm. You know, under any circumstances. So I think it's just it's just a very target-rich environment as opposed to a red light camera. And the end, if some places had red light camera, you know, and then they took them out. They didn't like there's you know the 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 rear end people are jamming on the brakes too soon because then there were rear end collisions. And I and I just think that there's more opportunity for um for uh, speed cameras as opposed to all the other stuff. Yeah. So before we go, um, you know, you've kind of mentioned the the fact that speeding is not the the be all end all of our of our traffic problem here, and that they need to have kind of a more comprehensive approach to uh, reducing speeding and to reducing traffic deaths, injuries around the city. So, what are some other types of measures that you would prefer to see the city implement as opposed to just continuing to to kind of rely on these speed cameras? Well, I'm not sure what you do about distracted driving. Because distracted driving is the phone, it's you know your satellite radio that you're you're messing with in the car. It could be you're looking over your shoulder at your kids in the back seat yeah. and you're yelling at them because they're throwing stuff around back there. And then, so I, I don't know how you really address that. I I see people with their phones. I said yeah, and you probably see this too. You look in your rear view and there's somebody behind you. Another thing I see a lot is uh, there's more Lyft and Uber cars. Those always seem to be going slow and sideways. Well, that's the, the sideways. They're always pulling over. You never know when they're actually going to pull over. Then you go to go around them. Someone's coming right at you. And also because they've got their they've got their phones mounted on the dashboard, mm-hmm. they're looking for their next pickup. Yeah. So that and you know I tell this to my kids when they're learning how to drive. Where your eyes go, that's where the steering wheel goes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an unconscious thing. So that's another thing. It's a it's it, it that's a great distraction. How you get rid of that, uh, other than having the chip implanted in your brain, so that you can talk and see stuff and see directions and get talked to, you know, without having to have something physical in your hand, I think that's that's a great challenge. Following too closely and failure to yield. I mean, I guess you could have cameras everywhere and and start banging people for that. It's like, hey man, you didn't let that person cross in front of you, and you're going to get a ticket for that. Yeah. You know, it's difficult because at the end of the day, a lot of this just comes down to trying to change human behavior, which is something that we know is not easy to do, even though we try to disincentivize people, you know, with these fines, with whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, 
the people behind the wheel are ultimately going to uh, make those decisions. And so there's there's really obviously the the city can try and implement safer street designs, things that they believe will slow people down. The left turn calming programs, they put the bollards in the middle, all these kinds of things. But at the end of the day, if people want to drive fast, if people want to look at their phone, there really is very little, like you said, that we can do about that, which is uh, I'm sure frustrating uh, on the part of the city. You know, I mean, I grew up in the world where I didn't have the phone. Mm-hmm. Right? And when I started driving, I didn't have a phone. It was, it was, it was enough to put the cassette in the you know, dashboard to, and, 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 and look at it while you were driving, right? So I, I, I kind of like my whole MO is not to have the phone out next to me or mounted on my dashboard or even in the visor unless like I've got a call that I've just got to make. The way I see people just like, you know, constantly, and you can tell because you can see their head, they're looking, they put it in their lap. Yeah. And, and, and they're looking down at it and they're, they're doing this and they're, they're sitting it. under a green light. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, well, that only shows the relativity of time, right? Yeah. Because if you're at a red light, you're sitting and going like, when is this like it? But if you're looking at your phone, it seems like it goes in exactly. two seconds. So, oh, well, thank you so much for joining me today, Tom. I appreciate you taking the time. This is always a, a fun topic that we've been discussing for years now. And uh, I look forward to having you on again soon. No, I appreciate the invitation. Thank you very much. It's always a good time, Eric. Thank you for listening to the Staten Island Advances from the scene. If you like what you've heard, please make sure to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit SILive.com for the latest on all these stories and more. Thank you for supporting local journalism.